This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, another episode of our Raw Reactions Match Reaction Show after Arsenal have won their fifth Premier League game in a row with a 2-0 victory over Leicester City. Absolutely buzzing uh, with that performance. I say performance, it wasn't like world beating, it wasn't the greatest performance of all time. It was enough. It was what we needed, is what we wanted. Um comfortable I think we did go up against a lesser side that you know we were quite fortunate that they weren't really on it even though we kind of gave them a bit of leash during the game but I don't really care because some of the football that we played was fantastic some of the football was utterly utterly excellent uh and I'm very very happy that we managed to come through with flying colors in our match reaction shows we love to get your thoughts your feelings your theories and queries and questions into the chat box so if you do have any court any kind of feeling any kind of comment that you'd like to make we're going to be reading plenty of those out so make sure you leave a comment and make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already come on you guna says david very much so indeed mate evening marcus hope you're doing good jamie says that was a massive three points indeed harvey says evening all nice win tonight ashwin says arteta is proving me wrong and i'm loving every moment of it trevor good evening to you mate hope you're doing good mark he says some peeps are warming that humble pie uh i mean damn pots sophie get that pie in the oven because it's uh it's gonna taste so so sweet. I love you both. But uh <laughs> lovely stuff. Shaheen as well. Got my eye on you tomorrow. The Arsenal Lounge, eight o'clock. There's a lot to be said. Alpha says, evening all. Oh, what a night. Got to be loving this run. And each minute of that passes, we get closer. Come on, you gooners. Good evening, Sean. Hope you're doing well, mate. Getting so close there, Zeus. Michael. Hey, Tom. Enjoyed that one from Kentucky. Thanks for joining us, mate. Rob Paul. Excellent result, guys. And a clean sheet to boot. I thought we controlled most of the game. I mean, despite the fact that I thought we gave Leicester a little bit of leash during the game, I thought we did kind of, you know, I always use that kind of um, analogy of a bully in a playground ho- like holding a, a smaller person 
uh, <laughs> by their forehead. You're like holding them at arm's length and they're kind of just swinging their arms and they're not really doing anything at all. That's kind of how it felt a bit. We just held Leicester away and they never really threatened at all. Marcus says Partey nearly had a hat trick. Handball and a crossbar stopped him. Should he start up front? <laughs> it's great to see him score. He can seemingly only score headers from corners. Uh, that That is what we've seen. And we did say 1-0 with a Partey being the TGT prediction. Not quite there. We do need uh, we do need that goal from outside the box. And he was very, very close indeed. Very, very close. We're getting a little bit a little bit closer to what we want to see. Let's get those party time party time uh, emojis going in the chat box. I know I still need to make the Odegaard emoji. I'm sorry. I still need to get rid of. Uh, I still need to sort that out. So I will try my hardest to get sorted on that tomorrow. I've got another day off tomorrow. So fingers crossed. I'll be able to do it. Let's get those party time emojis in the chat box and members get them in there. JD, uh, JDB says, my feeling is a certain number 17 is way too lambasted by his Arsenal section and people should definitely give him credit where it's due. He gave stability that led to KT going forwards. Look, Cedric, I think we know uh, what he's capable of. We know what his restrictions are. We know what he can and cannot do. And over the last five games, he's been solid for us. He's been very, very solid. And Cedric deserves credit. I mean, members, you've got access to a Cedric emoji, believe it or not. And look, I think that he's certainly a player that has proven people wrong in a sense that, you know, a lot of us were thinking when Tommy Asu was out, we were in big, big trouble. And he's proven that wrong. We haven't been in big, big trouble at all. We've we've coped very well in Tommy Asu's absence. Don't get me wrong. I think Tommy Asu coming back is going to be a big boost to the rest of our season. But Cedric being there, I think he's doing a very, very decent job and I'm very happy and I'm I'm really glad that he's kind of also bedded into that new role that Mikel Arteta wants from the right back, which is not to always bomb forwards and to remain disciplined and remain in position. Look, okay, I can't put it off any longer, guys. Martin Erdegaard's. Martin Erdegaard's. I do this every single time we do a match reaction show, but Martin Erdegaard is just so, so, so brilliant so so brilliant you can't have enough superlatives to describe what he does the touches the passes the timing the dribbling the confidence the dummies the chances that he creates I think what was the actual statistic for how many passes the final third I can't remember it exactly it came up on the end of the, the feed but he played a ridiculous amount of passes into the final third I think six passes into the box I think he created five chances in the first half. He's just so, so good. So good. And I he's proven a lot of people wrong. I think we all know that. And look, I, James Madison was invisible. Was absolutely invisible. Like he played a couple of passes across the pitch. And beyond that, was, was absolutely invisible. Um, and yes, he's playing in an opposition team that aren't on the ball as much. Saying that, I thought Leicester had loads of the ball. Loads and loads of the ball. And, and Madison didn't really offer anything. Whereas I think if you'd have swapped them over, I think Erdogan would have done a lot better than what Madison offered Leicester today. Uh, that's for sure. Um, we'll get to your super chat in a second, Kai, because I want to move on to that conversation in just a sec. But before we do, Harvey, Erdogan got eyes in the neck. Uh, that's a weird expression. Back of his head, I think, is the better way to put it, Harvey. <laughs> eyes in the neck. What's that? I've never heard that before in my life. Um, uh, Chris, excuse my French, because I'm going to read this out. But Erdogan is one silky-toed bastard. <laughs> so smooth. Uh, Manu says, Erdogan is magic. Uh, Omar says, you asked me about Arteta two weeks back, Tom. 
My answer is I'm very close to backing him again. Good to see that, Omar. Absolutely. Six chances created in the whole game. Uh, Aston Granny, Mo is so silky. Taz, class from Erdegaard. Uh, Omar says, if that chip pass to Lacquer would have come off, I would have lost my mind. It's probably the P, uh, <laughs> uh, the PC way of putting that, to be fair. <laughs> I think you can go a lot further with describing how you would properly feel. Henrik says, Martin is silky on the ball. Alex says, Martin, the maestro. Erdegaard says he, Tom. Um, and Iron Cub says, some of us wanted Erdegaard over Buendia and Madison since the beginning. Yeah, that was me. Oh, yeah, I, I I definitely didn't want Emmy Buendia. I didn't want him anywhere near Arsenal. Did not did not want him. And anyone who tells you different is lying. Anyone who puts a video up of me as, as photoshopped it, like, it's just not true. It just didn't happen. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, Kai, thank you so much for the super chat, mate. Uh, Kai says, who... Oh, sorry, Cal. I've completely misread your own super chat. Cal Hagen, sorry, mate. Uh, who would you rather start on the left? Smith Rowe or Martinelli? Keep it up, my guy. I love the channel. And your takes. You probably love it a little bit less now I've called you the wrong name. Um, but uh, it's a really hard question. I thought Martinelli is a player that he... The thing about Martinelli is that he has phases in games. I don't ever look at him as someone who dominates a game. I don't think he's like full tilt for the 90 minutes and he's like an absolute threat all the time. But there are these little gems of brilliance from Martinelli throughout the game. Whereas Smith Rowe is actually a little bit similar, but he's stylistically very different. And what I think we get from Martinelli is that Tierney isn't as effective. And the amount of times you saw Tierney inside, is that, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping you guys noticed this as well, is that Tierney was quite, he wasn't very wide. Martinelli's very, very wide when he plays. And Tierney actually, you know, gets closer to the 16-yard box than Martinelli does sometimes. And the difference with that and Smith-Rowe is that Smith-Rowe plays more like a number 10 or like an inverted 10. And so Tierney has a lot more opportunities to overlap. So they're very different. But I don't think, uh, Cal, that we'd need to necessarily choose outright. I think that we can appreciate that they're both fantastic options for us and that they're going to battle it out. I have a feeling that Smith-Rowe may start on Wednesday and we might mix it up a little bit and Martinelli might come off the bench, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, lovely stuff. Let's scroll down and see what you guys are saying on Martinelli and, Erdog uh, sorry, and Smith-Rowe. Uh, Zamir says Smith Rowe for me. Zamir, it's good to have you in the chat, mate. I haven't seen you in there for a while. It's good to have you back, son. Uh, Smith Rowe for me, better end product. Chris says Martinelli sometimes just goes a little bit too fast. Still a bit raw, but sometimes you see his first touch or a skill and you realize he's filthy. <laughs> filthy. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Omar says, I've got the new contract lenses to watch. Some silky Arteta ball. Amos is absolutely buzzing about the win. Quick question. How much money are we going to get for Leno? And how much if we sell Tierney? Uh, Leno, I think you get around 10 to 15 million if you're lucky. Got a year left on his deal and he's not playing at all. So he's not got a chance to, you know, up that. Tierney, I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think you'd be asking for easily over, you know, around the 40 to 50 million pound figure um, if you were going to move him on. And I know a lot of people would say, what? 40 to 50 million is worth way more than that. But... He probably isn't uh, in the market. It's just the way things go. Uh, it depends if a Premier League side came in for him. If a Premier League side came in for him, I think you'd be looking at, at more than that. Uh, Noel says, imagine us with a striker next season like Schick. We could be winning these games with one or two more goals, and I'm excited for it. No, I think that you raise an important point. However, what I think this does is it does... I'm a little bit concerned about the striker position in the summer. 
The reason why I say that is because Lacazette seems so important to the way that we play and so key to the way that he drops into those half spaces, links up, the little one touches. Whoever we buy is going to have to do that. And whenever we're looking at possible strikers that we need to, that we could be looking to sign, one of the big things that we need to start looking for in these players is their one touch and their link up play. Because it is so important to the way that Mikel Arteta wants this team to move is that we've got players that can do what Lacazette is doing and more. We don't, the number nine next season can't just be a number nine that sits on the last man and, you know, finishes off chances like Abamyang. Like we, we can't have another Abamyang for all of his qualities. He is very much a play off the last defender, six-yard box, you know, eight, ten-yard kind of area. That's where he thrives. And that can work, but I think that we've shown this season by the number of goals that we've scored. And by the way, we've now scored 25 goals in the 11 games since Aubameyang was dropped uh, against Southampton. 25 goals compared to the 18 goals that we scored in the 14 matches that he was here for. And it shows you kind of, and that's not to, to a detriment of a Bamiang. And I think people very quickly kind of misconstrue that fact and that stat and think that's a big dig on a Bamiang. And it's not. The point of that is to prove how important it is to have a, a striker like Lacazette that does what he does. Because he's only scored, what, four Premier League goals this season and two of them have been penalties. And yet we're scoring more goals with Lacazette in that role. So I think it's important to remember how key it will be in the summer to have a striker with those types of abilities. And that's certainly certainly it. Iron Cubs says Aubameyang got another goal for Barca. Absolutely. And this is the thing. In that team, in the way that Xavi's playing, Aubameyang's going to flourish. But we need to look at making sure that we get a striker in the summer that has that lacquer element to his game so we don't kind of drop off and lose that part of it. Um, Arteta fan says, do you feel foolish for being Arteta out? Look... I tell you what, when we sat here after Villarreal, and I think I titled the show after Villarreal, Arteta should be sacked. And after that show, I don't think there was too much argument about it then. Um, I think any other club at that time would have certainly turned around and said, I think you're going to have to go. We're finishing eighth in the league. We're losing to our former coach. I think Man United, Chelsea, any one of those clubs would have moved on from the coach. And after Manchester City, when we lost 5-0 and had lost the first three games, I think, again, the same scenario comes through. And that's why we did a video after that as well, in which I was very put out and very much frustrated and very much looking at a possible managerial change. But the, uh, the great thing about what we do on this channel is that we open up the possibility to reflect on what we've previously thought and previously said to then change our minds based upon the evidence that's presented to us. So do I feel foolish? No, I don't feel foolish. I feel maybe a little bit too, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Quick to judge. Um, maybe I was not patient enough and probably reflecting on those thoughts I had back then after Villarreal and after Manchester City. I, th I certainly think that maybe I was too quick. And whilst I really liked what we did in the summer, I just wasn't seeing enough to convince me at that point that we were going in the right direction. And to be honest, after two eighth place finishes and getting knocked out by Unai Emery and Villarreal, I don't think too many people can be blamed for wanting a change at that point. But certainly what we've seen this season is a drastic change, not only on the pitch, but we've seen a drastic change in the transfer market, in the, how the way we maturely navigate kind of certain decisions, how we've overhauled the squads, how we've got a clear style of play in the team. And I think if you look at all of the evidence that we've seen this season, 
it would take someone very, very stubborn to still be jumping into chat boxes and throwing Arteta out. That's for sure. I think you'd have to sit there. Look, if you're still on the fence about Arteta, that's fine because the season's not done. The season's not over. But I certainly think it would be naive and a bit ignorant of what we've seen so far to be able to still be sitting around and saying that we need to sack him or we need to change the coach. And I think that would come from more of a personal point of view, the more of a sit back, take a step and reflect on what's previously happened. So that's what I would say. Um, so foolish, no, not foolish, um, but reflective and certainly maybe a little bit too quick to judge. But foolish, I think maybe a little bit too far because I think I've already spoken, always spoken about the positives, but been reflective of the negatives as well. Um, MAL says two eighth place finishes in the past two seasons. So eight divided by two is four. Simple math. <laughs> Love that. Um, who should we sign in the summer? Says Theo. We're going to do plenty of transfer shows, Theo. And we will focus on transfers then. But right now, I think it's the time to focus on the great football that we've seen today. We've not, we've gone all this show and, you know, we've not, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to time you out for just putting it in there. Um, <laughs> I think that there's a situation we find ourselves in where Thomas Partey has been so good this year that his performances weirdly kind of go under the radar do you do you know what i mean by that like his, his performances are so consistent and so good that he doesn't necessarily stand out but he's so good at what he does that you can't ignore the presence of him in the midfield and you know i what the reason why i chose the thumbnail that i chose for this show which if you have clicked and just frivolous, frivolously clicked the video before actually looking at a thumbnail the thumbnail is the celebrations of Partey's goal and he's celebrating with granite jacker um and those two i got the feeling when those two first kind of were paired together that it wasn't really a, a pairing that was necessarily clicking and working but this season where you know, we've seen Thomas Partey have more opportunity to play more consistently and alongside Jacka, uh, alongside Xhaka as well, is those two have really flourished. And I think that the new role that Arteta has given to Xhaka and the, the freedom that he's given to Xhaka and the extra responsibility that he's also given to Partey has enabled both of them to improve. And one of the biggest, crit one of the biggest things that critics of Arteta often say is, who has Arteta improved? And I think that you look at Xhaka the last two seasons. Last season, while we didn't have a good year, Xhaka was our best midfielder. This year, he's made mistakes. The red card against City, the red card against Liverpool. But he's had some absolutely brilliant performances. And Thomas Partey has improved this season. He's getting to the kind of levels that I expected from him when I saw what I saw at Atletico Madrid. And the thing about Arteta this season is that he is improving so many more of the players this year. And that's a really important part of, of improving a lot of people that Arteta is that person. So if you are someone who's on the fence about Arteta still, seeing that tangible improvement of players that's something that should get you off the fence. And like many of us have already, jump onto the side of very much saying that he is the right person to lead us forwards and to push us to where we want to go. I'm going to be chatting with Mo tomorrow on the Arsenal Lounge, and I look forward to asking him whether he still thinks that Arteta isn't the person to take us back to the top. Because although we may still finish top four, we might not this season, I still think there's so much evidence out there from this season alone and from what we've done in the market that actually makes you think, yeah, you know, maybe a contract, it's worth getting that new contract. I know that we discussed this in January and we talked about, is it too soon to kind of ask for a contract? And we did that phone-in show. We had a lot of people on. We had a lot of diverse opinions about whether or not we should offer Arteta a new contract yet. And I said, I want to wait until the end of the season because I kind of want to sit and wait and see where we finish because we could still finish. We could have an absolute awful end to the year. 
But there is a really strong argument that says letting him get down to a year maybe actually weakens our position. I'm really back and forth with this about offering him a new contract and whether or not we should still wait until the end of the season. I, I absolutely think if we miss out on top four, it will be a huge disappointment. But I think there's so much evidence of the progress that we've made this season already that there is enough evidence to suggest that it wouldn't be a failure to not finish in the top four. It would be a big disappointment. But I think there's there's so much positive to look at at the moment at Arsenal, and that's really important. What we do like to do is we like to go onto the 538 website, just to have a look at the prediction algorithms. Arsenal now have a 70% chance, uh, according to 538, of finishing in the top four this season. Let me share my screen with you. For those that don't know anything about 538, they use prediction algorithms and, you know, use, looking at the fixtures that are coming up to kind of predict who might finish where. Um, and it's been pretty accurate in previous seasons. And so far, Arsenal have a 70% chance uh, of finishing in the top four. Spurs have 15, despite losing to Man United. And Man United had 11. Uh, and what's obviously an even more uh, important stat is looking at this beautiful thing, which is the Premier League table. And with three games in hand over Manchester United, we have a point over them and we sit in fourth. We've played three less games than West Ham, who sit three points behind us. We've played three less games than Wolves, who currently sit five points behind us. And we've played two, uh, sorry, one less game than Spurs, who sit six points behind us. And we play Liverpool on uh, Wednesday. And I'm going to that game. So apologies, there won't be a reaction show in the, le- in the evening on Wednesday because I'm going to be there and I'm absolutely buzzing to get to that game. And I really want to know your thoughts in the last 10 minutes of this show as we look ahead and we look to the next game of what's coming up. I want to know how you're feeling about Liverpool. I want to know how you're feeling about that game, whether you think that Liverpool are just far, far too strong for us or has the performances over the last five games, the five wins that we've seen in a row, given you kind of that added boost of confidence that maybe we can get something from that. Don't get me wrong, Liverpool are an absolute different animal to what we are and they are far and away. In my opinion, they should win the league. I think they've dropped points in silly games, but I think they're better than City, in my opinion. I think they've got a better team than City, a better starting eleven than City. But I do think that, you know, we've got a good chance to give them a really good game on Wednesday, and I'm looking forward to it. I really, really am looking forward to it. Um, So let's see what you guys have to say. Um, Noel says, Klopper said, there's plenty of positive cases in the Liverpool going into our next fixture. Have you heard? I've not heard that. Um, Let me do a quick... Twitter check. Uh, I've not heard that at all. Um, so sorry, I can't confirm that information. I've not heard anything about that. Um, but yeah, uh, Jurgen Klopp has confirmed Liverpool have some players and staff missing through positive tests. Van Dyke, Thiago, and Canate were not in training yesterday. Well, Van Dyke played against Brighton, so I assume he's back. So I don't know how many are going to be out, but I don't think that it's too many unless there's more. Um, Paul says, Tom, has your view changed on who we should sign in the summer? I will tackle transfers. Don't worry, Paul. We'll get there. We're we're in March. We're going to get to transfers. Don't you worry. Uh, Tariq says, and by the way, check out Tariq's channel. He does some really good watch-alongs and he's an absolute top member uh, of our Discord server too. Um, We should extend Arteta's contract ASAP. And if the worst case scenario happens, there's always the option to sack him. I understand reluctancy to give players contracts because you can't just sack them. Yeah, I, I understand there is a difference between the two. 
Uh, and there is that buffer, I suppose, still. Um, Temi says, as long as we don't roll over for Liverpool, I'm comfortable regardless of the result. I'm comfortable with how... I, I get what you're saying. As long as we aren't battered and we've put in a really good account of ourselves and we've shown the progress that we've hopefully made from Anfield where we were battered. That was a really disappointing game at Anfield earlier in the season. There was a lot of expectation about, about the progression that we'd made and the performances that we were putting in. But we got. I think there's a really good opportunity to get something from that game. Um, I'm not predicting a win. I'm not saying that. But look, I'm, I think there's a really good discussion to be had. And of course, we will do a preview show on Tuesday. So make sure if you are tuning in, there's 950 of you watching. Please, please drop a like on the video. We do these shows after the games. We do 8 a.m. shows every single morning UK time keeping you up to date with all the latest Arsenal news. If you'd like to help support the channel as well, you can join a member and then get into our Discord server, which then lets you get actually onto the show and you can even have your own thoughts and feelings heard in our preview series. Um, Vladimir says, Tom, have our fan base, have you seen our fan base, this united and behind the team? Honestly, can't remember the last time the energy and the positivity were this good behind our team. Uh, the last time I remember it being this good was kind of when we were on our cup runs and we were going towards those and we were back in the Champions League. And even then, the Arsene Wenger debate dominated much of the discussion. So it's definitely the best that I can remember it for a very long time. And if you're actually at the Emirates and you go to the games, which I know that only a privileged few are able to do because a lot of our listeners and, and viewers obviously are, are abroad, you can actually feel the difference in the stadium. You probably get it through the TV as well. And I think you can get it through the TV. But the difference in the stadium and the way that the games feel, and I can't wait to be there Wednesday because I can just sense that the electric atmosphere is hopefully going to carry Arsenal. And I want us to really go for Liverpool. I don't want us to sit back and absorb pressure only if we're kind of, you know, in a position where we've got a chance of getting a result. But I really want to go for them and see what we can do. Patrick says, play through at the back against Liverpool, holding in Cedric and Nuno as wingbacks. Is there an argument maybe that Tierney, based upon his form and how he's playing at the moment, could go at left centre-back as well? But I know what you mean. Holding has been very good in those back threes. Absolutely. Uh, Vickler says, uh, without the belief that we can get something, it's kind of pointless. I hope at least the squad has the belief, if not us. Um, there's there's no seller, says Mikey. We don't know whether he's going to be fit or not. He did come off injured. It didn't look too serious, but who knows? We'll have to see. Uh, Matt G says 2-2 is his prediction for the game. Glenn saying deja vu. I heard that one before. Yeah, we absolutely have. And we put ourselves, Glenn, in, sorry, into these positions where we get this confidence up. We kind of get, you know, in that feel of we got a real good chance, guys, to get a result. And then obviously it doesn't go our way. Zoo saying no chance against Liverpool. They are hugely motivated to, make, uh, to chase Man City to the title. Uh, they absolutely are. Um, but we're motivated to get top four. So who knows? Uh, Pranjal says Liverpool are winning non-stop. If we score first, we might have a chance, but Liverpool tend to score early. Uh, Zana says, think we will give them a game, but Barnes had the better of Cedric and Diaz will rip him apart, but have more hope in recent times. Uh, Cena says, I just want a performance like the one we had against Man City. I don't expect to win, but I'd like, like us to make a statement. Cena, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. And that's what I want to see is I want to see a statement performance. I want to see us really give something in a, in a really good account of ourselves is what I want to see in these games. Uh, absolutely Tariq, you're doing some top work, man. Keep it up. Uh, John says, the drubbings against the top teams need to be a thing of the past. Win, lose, or draw, we must make them work hard every time we play them. Uh, thank you uh, to Dol Kwanain. Uh, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, thank you for the donation, mate. That's really, really kind of you. I'm sure you can pronounce it a really slick way that I'm just incapable of doing. 
Um, Oliver White says, I'm an Arsenal supporter. Good time to pick to be one, Oliver. So congratulations to you. Uh, and I'll read out your question, Doll. Uh, Tom, who the closest guy who can play like Lacquer is Ollie Watkins for me. Interesting. I think there are a lot of other players that have Lacquer's link-up play and ability to, to score more goals. Uh, it's just going to be about who we go for. I also think we need someone who can press really well and has a lot of energy. Graham says, I just think they are still too strong for us, TC. Liverpool and Man City are at a level where I can't seriously predict that we will take points off them. I do think we will run them close, though. I hope that we just give them a ball. That's that a ball, a game. That's what I want to see. Peter Charles says, Arteta ball is so complete in every department when we pull it off. We will smash Liverpool, I love your positivity, mate. It's fantastic to see. Matthew DeSouza says, if we if we were playing Man City, I could see us getting at them a bit like Spurs. Liverpool, even with a noisy Emirates, I don't see us getting at them. That being said, you know, we've done okay against Liverpool at the Emirates of late. I know we lost in the semi-final of the League Cup, but I remember, was it uh, not last season, the season before, but Nelson scored, Lacazette scored. We've drawn with them. I think Lacazette scored in a 1-1 draw that Van Dijk scored in. You know, we've not had the worst results against them. Uh, it's just unfortunately that they're always so, so good. I mean, just having a look at Arsenal-Liverpool. I always remember the famous game where Ozil scored that, that goal to turn the, the record around that was mental. Uh, let's have a quick look at the records. Uh, the last time that we played each other, obviously we lost in the League Cup and drew in the League Cup. Um, the last time we played them in the league, we lost 3-0 last season. Uh, Arsenal, that was in April of last year. I don't remember that game. Why don't I remember that game at all? I probably just tried to erase it from my memory is what I did. Uh, Jota got two and Salah got one. Um, yeah, I really don't remember that game. Uh, they scored in the 64th, 68th and 82nd minute. Uh, you see, I think it was one of those games where we're kind of holding them in there and as soon as they scored, we just collapsed. Um, that certainly seems like what it was. But I really... I don't remember that game. It's really kind of been scrubbed from my memory, probably for good reason. Um, Chris says, I think the way Xhaka is playing more advanced will open us up a bit uh, to more of the pain from Liverpool and they will exploit that. Chris, there's no argument. I mean, I understand what you're saying and I think that uh, a few people raised this point. Afsar, I think, raised this uh, in the points as well. But who's to say that he is going to play like that? We don't know. Like He may play this different. We may prepare differently for this game. We're going to have to wait and see. Look, for my money, if we get six points from this game and Liverpool and Villa, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm happy with getting those six points. I want to really, I want a good performance. I don't want to get turned over. I don't want us to get absolutely trounced. But I would have taken six from nine of the three games this week. I think that not many people would have been declaring to demand what much more from that. And I'm, I would be content with seeing six points from nine, personally. Um, I'll tell a fan saying we're going to make the Champions League semi-final next season. Wow, that is a very, very optimistic prediction, but I love the optimism. Riley says, if we play like we have in the last few games, bar Watford and Tomiyasu returns, we can get something for Liverpool. We can't get carried away here, though. Let's just give them a game. Uh, James says, what did you think of VAR today? Generally, it looked like a penalty on Saka, but not even checked. Yeah, look, I tweeted that. It was absolutely a stonewall penalty. Wasn't checked. And the Chelsea game, honestly, VAR is a mockery at this point. It's an absolute mockery. Um, and it deserves to be scrapped, in my opinion. If you're not going to use it properly, what's the point of having it? There is no point of having it if you're not going to use it 
whatsoever. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, let's scroll up uh, and see what you guys are saying. A last couple of comments before we wrap up. Um, Edrasas says, getting six from nine means we need to bounce back from Liverpool to beat Villa. Villa's going to be a really tough game. It's going to be a really, really difficult game, but we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, what's going on in the chat box? There's little disruptions going on. Oh, it's we got some Spurs fans in here. They're really salty, aren't they? They're just obsessed. Rent-free. We're just living rent-free in their heads. Anyway, um, I said I'd only go for half an hour, and we are going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. There's over 950 of you watching still. That's amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the channel. It means so, so much to me. Um, if you could drop a like on the video, I really, really appreciate it. We do shows every single morning at 8 a.m. UK time, uh, and you can keep up to date with all the latest Arsenal news, preview shows, analysis of transfer targets going up until the end of the season. Members, always an absolute pleasure to see you in the chat box, and thank you for the support, as always. Uh, let's get a part A time uh, emoji spam in the chat just to finish things off. But it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. I can't wait to speak to you in the morning to break this down even more and get more of your thoughts and feelings too. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening. I'll see you tomorrow. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.